0: on everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Porto podcast in English. This is episode number 47. I'm your host Rui dos Santos and as always, I'm here with Jason Rigu. Jason, what's going on, brother? How we doing? Doing good, man. It's uh I mean uh, mixed feelings, I guess when it comes to to Porto. Nice uh, rebound win in the uh in the league after losing to Barcelona, but you know, our Champions League hopes are still you know, are still in the, uh, are still alive, I guess, but, uh, everything else has been pretty good, super busy at work. And, you know, we're entering the winter, the worst part of the year, at least for me it is. So it's like these short days, the cold weather up here in the Northeast of the U S is like starting to kick in, man. I don't know. I don't know about you, man. Are you like a winter guy? Is, Is this, uh, like, is the season already starting to catch up to you?
1: Oh, yeah, it's killing my energy, man. No the sun's out by before five, and just <laughs> yeah. being cold is just never fun yeah winter's winter stuff i'm I'm a big spring and fall guy, yeah, for me, it's palm
0: trees and eighty degrees, man. I love the <laughs> summer, all dude, and like typical like Rhode Islanders, man, it's like people that love the summer or actually they hate the winter, they complain when it gets too hot in the summer up here. So uh, for me, I'll never complain about the heat. I'm a summer guy through and through. But yeah, on board with you, man. This uh, this winter and the short days, not the best. Not the best. But let's jump into the football stuff. So Jason, since we last recorded, we had a guest on talking about the whole General Assembly debacle. Shout out to you, Mitchell, for uh, for coming on. We had two games, as I mentioned, the Barcelona defeat and the win against Famalico in the league. Uh, let's just go in chronological uh, chronicle order, and we'll just jump right into the Barcelona game. So last Wednesday, we played Barcelona at the Camp Nou. Uh, we fall to them 2-1, to one, and to make things even worse, the goals came from João Cancelo and João Felix, two former Benfica players and, and studs, and they just really... They really gave it to us on, on that just to make matters worse. But the bottom line is in this game, it just seemed like we came out with a lot of energy. It seemed like we were the better team until we scored. And we finally got that goal that we deserved in the Champions League to get that early lead. But just two minutes later, Barcelona respond, and I feel like the momentum just immediately shifted and it just stayed on that end. What do you uh what do you gotta say
1: about this game? I honestly think, obviously, I mean, you could see Barcelona with the home side, right? They they had a little bit more confidence going forward, especially after we scored. They came with a little bit of a firepower, but I think the big thing on the day is they just picked on João Mario. I, I, to me, it looked like he, he had a nagging injury. It doesn't even look like he belongs playing in this game, unfortunately. Yep. And João Felix and Cancelo did a good job of exploiting João Mario being injured or whatever, just an off day, but... He also had no support from the wing. Obviously, it's Pepe. You're not going to get much out of him, track him back. So they did a good job. Both goals came from the right side of Porto's defense. And at the end of the day, that's all there was to it. But don't get me wrong. I, Barcelona just looked like a different team at home than when we, we played them at our house. And we uh, we were on top of them the whole time, of course. right? You could see the home field advantage playing in. Because they they had a lot of nice opportunities. It, to me, I I would say this is a fair result. I would have loved a tie, but I think the the loss was a fair result. They were the better side overall on the day. I hate to say it, but it aggravates me because we should have won the game at home and we lost that one one zero.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think going into this group stage, you know, when when they did the whole draw and whatnot, uh, it, the best scenario on the road in the comp no against Barcelona. If we get a draw, that's an amazing it's an amazing result. It's a good point to have. Uh, but, you know, we go back to the game at the, dragao where it just should have been ours the entire time. And it was just a clumsy mistake from Romario Barro that really just gave the game away. Even a draw at home against Barcelona would have been pretty good, but just knowing how good we played and how much better we were against Barcelona in that game, it's just unfortunate. It's been the story of our season. Uh, I think we've gotten a little bit better. I think there's a little bit more improvements in terms of getting the, the goals that we need, but, Um, You know, I I don't want to say that I'm mad or upset uh, that we lost this game because Barcelona are just a very good team. They have a lot of quality and then they're at home at the end of the day. They aren't the team that they aren't the team that they once were, obviously, but they're a couple of years away from being that elite team in Europe again. And it's you can't get too upset. At the end of the day, it's the comp. No, this is a team that has five champions league. They have that history. They have that culture, the DNA uh, of having successful runs in the champions league. So um, I can't be too upset about it. Uh, I guess the critiques that I had, uh, especially in the second half is Sergio substitutions. Again, uh, obviously he made the, uh, the George Sanchez substitution early on, but He's a defender, <laughs> and it was the right call to make because Juan Mario was clearly getting beat, but we needed that attack that attacking power to come in. Chico should have been on tony Martinez or whoever else you want to bring on to 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 just get something else going on the attack. They were brought on in the eighty first minute what do you, What do you say about that?
1: I mean, it's what we've been criticizing him from the beginning. It's, yep. He just waits too long to make these changes. I mean, uh, to me, I like, you have to know João Mário just he couldn't do it in that game. man. I, I'm telling you, he looked injured. And that Sanchez sub should have been made after the first goal. And you just talk to João Mário. You keep his mental. It is what it is. And we watch the day and we move on. And uh, these late substitutions, I don't even know what the point is. Are we just killing the clock for ourselves? Like... We just want this game to end. I I don't understand why we're waiting so long for these changes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We actually had a couple of questions uh, about this game. They're Twitter questions. Might as well just ask them now. Um, So uh, Luciano Feltrin asks, how did Porto capitulate? How did it go so wrong? The subs needed to come on so much earlier. Um, Yeah, Uh, I mean, pretty much, right? It's just the, the substitutions. It's... At this point in the game, nothing was really going in the second yeah. half, right? And you have to try something else. You can't just have this 80th minute super sub, uh, like we do against the smaller teams, like we've done in the past so many times. Like this is Barcelona. This is the Champions League. This is a team that that is well prepared. They play against they play against much better quality sides. You know, you have to go in and try to change something. Change something early on. Try to break them down earlier on, and. Didn't really happen. Uh, I, I think I think eight eight or nine minutes, especially for Shiku, it's not enough time for him to get gelled in, or even for the rest of the team to kind of adjust with the new players and the new the new uh, characters that are on the field. And you need time. I, I'll never understand this about Sergio.
1: I don't get it. It's frustrating, and uh, I mean, this this game also goes back to us not having an attacking midfielder because. Barcelona having Frankie De Jong back in the lineup was just critical for them, and it made their their midfield control so much better. And us not having that threat, it just it it nullified Porto overall and the the strategy we came in with the fir- in the first game. To be honest, yeah.
0: So we also have another question. It's pretty similar to Paul Andres at Andres 1973. How much blame can be placed directly on Sergio Conceição's shoulders for the loss to Barcelona? I know our left back and right backs were horrible, but the timing of the substitutions also contributed to the result. Once again, Sergio waited until beyond the 75th minute mark to make a much needed changes. Yeah, pretty much. And I, I you can't really blame Sergio for the left yeah. backs and the right backs. That's those are his players that's what he's got but uh, i mean it, it it's hard to say that it uh, i can't guarantee that it would have been a different result right if shiku and whoever else uh came on earlier but at least you trying something different to go for it no
1: yes I, I think so uh i don't i definitely don't put the blame on him i think I, I do think Barcelona is a better side than us, and them being at home obviously gives them the upper hand. And end of the day, we just we didn't do enough. And hey, Diego Klausha kept us in this game a few posts, right? So, like like I said, at the end of the day, this was a just result. I don't I don't have too much to say about this game. I to me, it's the game prior that that really bothers me. And we just have to take this result and move on. We need to win that last Champions League game because I'd be real upset if we just piss away our our results in this, this competition, we go down to Europa.
0: Yeah. Right. And we need to, well, uh, the, the draw, a draw is definitely the result that we need. If we get that draw at home against Shakhtar, uh, I like our chances there. Um, Hopefully Sergio just doesn't play for a draw where we're just going to be super conservative and we have to rely on our team to not make mistakes and whatnot. Um, But I do like our chances being at the Dragon uh, but Shakhtar are a good team in this competition. They, they qualify almost every single year, and they've made a few appearances in the, uh, in the knockout stages. They're tough. They're disciplined. They're well-organized. They're well-coached. So it, it won't be easy, but I do like our chances. I think we're pretty tough. I think we're pretty um, experienced in this competition, and we have a good team. So uh, on our day at home with the fans behind us, I do like our chances for sure. All right. Let's move in, Move on to the next game against Famalicão, which was a much better result and a very rare result given the season because it seems like every single game this year it has been decided by just one goal for us. It's never been a coasting and easy-breezy game for us, but this one seemed, you know, regardless of what people may say about how we played, definitely it was nice to see – go two goals going into halftime and having that comfort zone um, going into the second half where you can just kind of relax and not be up against the wall and just going for a win. It was good to have a nice result going into halftime. So three to nothing goals from Ivan Nielsen, Teremi and Chico Conceição for to take advantage of a red card in the 81st minute, which led to the consolation goal for Chico Conceição six minutes later. Uh, what say you about this game? I know we talked before uh, recording. The result was pretty good. I wasn't really able to watch this match, but you said that you weren't too impressed with the style of play. So,
1: yeah I mean, floor is yours. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm more than a stack that we got the three points, and uh, it's nice to see three goals on the board, right? It's, it's a nice gap, but at the end of the day, I don't think the scoreline really dictates what happened in the game. I think Cal made it hard for us to play the game we wanted to play. I wasn't really happy with our possession, and I don't know. We just we at the moment we just look like we're playing uninspiring football. But um, it, it's nice for some guys like Teremi to score a goal. Like I've been on his case, and I'm still not happy that he's starting and playing as much as he is. But good for him, he got a goal. Even Nelson scored early, which was a beaut of a goal. And thank God to see Chico scoring goals because I mean that kid just needs to play more, man. But overall it's just the football we're playing is just not good enough it's really not and i this game could have went the other way with uh the non-pk call for stock and it could have been easily 1-1 with the pk if uh deal doesn't save it right so it, like like i said we got we got the 3-0 i'm happy with that but this game i don't know it it didn't really it didn't look like a 3-0 victory to me
0: yeah, I was just about to ask you about that penalty. It was like in the moment of the game where it was definitely it could have gone either way. Uh, had family because we were just winning one, nothing. Had they gotten that penalty, you know, the chances of them scoring is much higher than them not scoring. And it could have just changed the game completely. And fortunately for us, it wasn't called. It definitely looks a little bit more like a penalty than not. And right after, it just led to the goal. and just it's kind of a, a gut puncher for from a league. Count. If you're a player or a fan or whatever it is, uh, seeing that that you could potentially be tied and then just go down to nothing, it's yeah. just like that. It's definitely a gut puncher. I mean, it's the worst thing you know to to see as a fan. Um, I think all football fans have been in that situation before, um, but I mean- yeah, unfortunate for them
1: there to, uh, to me it, it looked like a handball like clearly but at the end of the day like the more i look at it it just it looks like it bounces off his chest and his hand i, I don't know They they really don't provide a good angle and every, all the video i'm seeing like there's just no slow motion to like actually see what happened so it's pretty frustrating with transparency from transparency from the league and then i don't know it was it was strange yeah
0: it was i don't I, I don't, it I don't like these situations was Yeah. in yeah, it, it looked like he was chucking into his body, but you can kind of see his elbow coming out a little yeah. bit. But that elbow coming out, it was coming out more towards his back than to the side. But it's like, I, like, what do you?
1: What is yeah? How do you What, do you like, do, like, what, what is the, the law? Like, I, yeah, I don't even exactly. know anymore. It, it's frustrating. yeah, a lot of
0: it. It's just up to the referee's opinion. And you know, I mean, obviously, there's the opposing our rivals fans are going to be pretty upset and say it should uh, be yeah. a penalty. They're always going to
1: talk. That's fine.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, we've seen similar situations where they have been called and then they're not called. And then the actual law of the handball is just really just not, I don't know, like conclusive or whatever the, the, the right word is. It's like we, we don't really know. It becomes so opinionated at the end of the day. Yeah. Um I mean, tough. I thought it, it, it's Barcelona tough, man. punched I, the ball
1: I, v- versus us and there was no PK call. So I, like I said, I don't even know what handball is anymore. Right, right.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned Shiku. Uh, He could have had two goals in this game. I mean, he came on late, got that goal, and then right at the end, he had a beautiful, beautiful strike uh, that ended up hitting the post. Um, I know you mentioned that he should be playing a lot more. Do you think he should be the starter? I mean, this kid just... Yeah, I know I mentioned it. I know I mentioned, and before before, um, you go on, I'm just going to throw this in there. I kind of mentioned that there was like a little similarity to his to uh Messi and his playing style and whatever i'm like like do you kind of see it like the way he's so quick and so simple on his dribbling and he just has those like quick releases of a shot that's just like so it's so threatening and like it's almost beautiful to see the way the ball comes off his foot
1: yeah i mean he's a beautiful player man he and to me, it's not even just what he does on the ball. It's he does so much off the ball. Like defensive yeah. presence is—it's beautiful to see. He's, he's constantly pressing the guy with the ball if he's next to him. If he—if he loses the ball cheaply, he—he's right on top of that guy right away, applying pressure. Like we don't—he's our best right winger, and he should be starting. It's—it's it's that simple at the end of the day. He does everything we need a right winger to do, and he does it both ways. And this would help our right back out a lot. And. I don't know, maybe we have to change the formation. I, I don't know what the solution is to get him starting, but he he needs to be on the field more, not not just subbed in at the seventy-third minute. Yeah. Even if it's for a half, like you don't want to play him for 90, whatever, but give the kid a half or something or 30 minutes. I don't know. To yeah, me, I'm... he's earned the starting spot, but hey, yeah. I'm not the coach.
0: Yeah, no, I I I totally agree and I'm loving the way he's celebrating these goals too like grabbing the badge just being so pumped up like full of energy after scoring he just loves to score goals and he loves wearing it seems like he's loving to wear the the blue and white again you know it's regardless of what you felt or feel about the way he left um to go to ix and whatever i mean i don't we don't really fully know the reasons why it could have been the board's fault maybe he wanted his payday because he was making a lot more money at ix maybe he got that one year of making a good amount of money and then he's coming back and maybe he just wants to be a part of this club again i don't know but do you think porto despite selling him for five million euros uh and the buyback option from ix is 10 million should portu pull the trigger on it
1: yeah i mean to me he's easily worth 30 plus mil if you keep him for a year or two i think it's a no-brainer i think it was bad business to begin with i think you forced the kid out by not playing him or whatever was going on behind the scenes maybe it's the money but uh yeah i think it's a no-brainer to buy him he's he's better than most of what we have
0: yeah and he's so young too so he's full of it's full of potential so yeah. I, I have to – I mean, as much as – even if you don't like him leaving and the whole thing about him being Sergio's son and maybe Sergio's the reason why that he came back, the results don't lie. The performances don't lie. And at the end of the day, it is a business. Um, and if we give him a chance, he's going to – well, he has been redeeming himself. Whether or not you like uh, the, the situation or not, I feel like he has redeemed himself if he has upset – A lot of Porto fans, he's been playing really well. And I think in the long run, despite us having the bad business deal uh, and we have to spend another 5 million euros for what we sold him for, in the long run, we can get that money back and get way more um, because his potential is just so, so high.
1: Yeah, I really think think we we forced him out. I don't think he chose. Yeah, yeah, I I think that was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you're playing football – uh, and you 're making a living, and you want what 's best for for you, your family, and you have to take care of a lot of people. so when he was playing at Porto the first stint, he was making fifty thousand euros um a year, which is a lot of money in Portugal, right but that 's what he was making a week at i x yeah it's you brain. know so it's and then there were contract negotiations for Porto, but like what were those? what were the details when they were trying to renovate uh, his contract? Was it a hundred, you know, a hundred thousand euros a year? Was it 200,000 euros? It's still not comparable to the near 3 million he was getting at Ajax. So it's, was he getting that starter's value or was Porto trying to take advantage that he's the young kid, the son of a, of the coach and uh, you know, trying to be cheap on him. I, I don't know. At the end of the day, you, You're trying to make a living and you want to have the best life possible Uh, and you want to take care of your family. So I kind of understand it, even though it could upset a lot of fans and whatnot. But if you were in those positions, what would you do? That's that's the big question. But anyway, uh, before we move on, João Mench, right? We didn't even talk about him. He made his debut with Porto on the first team. Uh, I was shocked to read the uh, starting 11 and seeing Joao Menz. I had to go and like do my research on this kid. Uh, filled in for Zaidu and Wendell. Uh, what did you think of his performance uh, in
1: his first game at left back? I mean, like I said, this game to me was, it wasn't pretty. So, I, I mean, I guess he filled in the role, but like, what are we comparing it to at the end of the day, right? We're, we're comparing it to low quality. So I, I don't really know I'd, if Sergio likes him. Maybe we see more of him, but I don't know. This game is not a good judgment call for me. I don't I don't think it yeah. gives me enough of a sample size to, to extract enough about him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it seemed like from what I was reading, because I wasn't really able to watch the game, that people were, you know, kind of happy he was – OK, defensively, he was making the simple passes getting forward. But then again, you're playing against Fumaliko. It's just one game. It doesn't say it all, but it kind of gives you it, it kind of gets you thinking because given our left back scenario, you have Zaidu, who just he he just can't. He cannot be playing anymore. He cannot play in these games anymore. I don't no. care if it's for physical purposes or what. He just can't. He is so bad on the ball. He's not that great of a, defen- uh, of a defender. He's just very fast, <laughs> and he can recover on, on transitions and whatnot because of his pace. But you have Wendell, who's, you know, he's, who's been pretty good. I can't lie. I'm actually impressed how, how well he's been doing, but he's always hurt or he's getting suspended. Yeah. So it just gets you thinking that maybe we have to give this kid a shot and see if it actually plays out well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather see Menj than Wendell Give a young kid a chance from the B team. I, I mean, no, not not Wendel. Oh, Zaido. I, I, yeah, I, I like Wendell a lot, but like you said, yeah. he's always injured or suspended. But yeah, if Zaido's our Zaido's our only option, I, I'm all for giving this kid an opportunity.
0: I just can't believe that guy scored the game-winning goal at Estadio Luz, man. <laughs> I, dude, that is bad, bro. Like, oh, yeah. like you're gonna go back in history, like o Porto won at Estadio Luz. Who scored the goal? Like Zaido. Like, jeez.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, thank you for that, though. He'll always, I will always love that guy just for that. I love him. I, love uh, I mean, I. That, but he I appreciate, me
1: off. I appreciate his he, heart and his work rate, but he's just not good enough.
0: I yeah, I mean, and he seems like a nice guy, but at the end of the yeah. day, nice guys finish last. So you have to, you know, it's all about the results on the field. But yeah, I don't know. But it's crazy that he was the guy that basically won us the champ or clinched the championship at Ishtar de Luz, which is awesome, awesome. All right. Let's move on to the best part of the show, the Twitter questions. We have quite a few. Uh, Our first one comes from Olympic Lyon, Rhode Island, at Olympic Lyon, Rhode Island. And I guess this question is directed towards me because I was on holidays just a couple of weeks ago. How was the trip to Montreal and how much French did you and Joey Cappuccino had to speak also your chances of getting to the knockout stages of the Champions League actually the second part could definitely be for you to answer so our friend uh Joe Cappuccino is a Juventus fan and he's a closet Porto fan too he really likes Porto uh he's uh, one of my best friends and you know everyone always makes fun of him even Juventus twitter makes fun of him so give that kid uh give that kid a follow he's definitely interesting and it's funny how much abuse that kid takes. But anyway, uh, we spoke no French because I do not know how to speak French. I don't even understand it. I speak Portuguese. I speak uh, Spanish. But French, I just can't do it. But they speak English up there, obviously. But um, that's what I suck with. Uh, Spoke a little bit of Portuguese at the Portuguese restaurants that we went to. But outside of that, it was just strictly English. But chances of Getting to the knockout stages kind of touched up on it. I like our chances. What do you think, Jason?
1: I like our chances. I just, I wouldn't be sure of the result. But yeah, I th- I think we're probably favorites in this game, but there's a lot to play for. And I think Shakhtar is in much different form than when we initially played him in the beginning of the season. Yeah, We do have being at home in our favor, but uh, I do think Shakhtar will be tough. But uh, I mean, I, I think we're more than capable of doing it it's just we have to do it. Let's see what 11 we're going out there with and let's hope they perform. Yeah. We need, no, we the, need I, to I I really don't want to play for the tie in this game. I think this that that'd be a coin flip. It's just not worth it.
0: Yeah. 100. We need to go and I, win I, this I, game. Yep. I I 100% agree with everything you said. Love the chances. I like the chances. I don't want to say I love them, but you know, we had that tie that is on our side. So Shakhtar have to win and for them to be on the road, it makes it a little bit more difficult for them. So it's, I think it's going to be a really good game. You know, these are two experienced sides in the champions league who are kind of like sort of in the same echelon. So it's, it's cool to see. They made quite a few appearances in the last uh, several years or so in the knockout stages. So let's see what, what plays out in, uh in that game. Jack Hacken, Nord, Enthusiast at Companator. Which Porto player has the best haircut and which one has the worst? And have you ever gotten the same one as a player? Since I use Andre Franco as a reference material for my barber when I get a cut. Oh, cool question. Um, So which one, best and worst haircut?
1: Mm, I think I'll give it to... I mean, I don't see anything crazy on Porto. I'll just give it to Fabio Cardozo. His hair is always cleaned up. He's got the Antipolis Providence cut barbershop. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Go to. I was actually going to say that too. Um. Yeah, yeah Fabio Cardo. Yeah, under Frangu. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who else. Um. The worst haircut. I don't
1: know. Mm. The, worst? the worst. I mean. You could say Pedro.
0: But yeah,
1: sometimes the head's looking a little rough or I mean, yeah, I won't lie. Dogo Dil, Costa has a bad haircut sometimes, man. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He has like that simple short hair. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's
1: to the too short or it looks sloppy. I will give it to Dougal Costa. He earns that one.
0: Dugo Costa. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, like Pep chooses to be bald. We yeah. forget this. No, I he know. He actually has hair.
1: <laughs> he could he could have a little fro again, probably. Yeah. I yeah. Know. So, I, I, Pep has to it then. He chooses to be bald. Like, this guy could have a fro.
0: Yeah. So, we'll go with Pep. But, yeah. I mean, the guy's a freaking legend. And <laughs> I don't even like seeing him with hair, though. Doesn't yeah, it, like, it make you cringe when he, like, it, he has it hair? It's like, nah.
1: God. But it's also funny. Know. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Have I ever gotten one? Gotten the same one as a player. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I ever tried to get my yeah, – I think I did. I think I tried to get my hair like Sergio Ramos back in the day, like okay. 2013, 2014. Like that whole – like I feel like that whole era was like all about hair, like styling out. Like Ronaldo had his hair and all that stuff. I don't know. I never I really mean, used a reference, a player's <laughs> reference.
1: I asked my parents back in 2002 to get the Ronaldo haircut, the Brazilian Ronaldo and they yeah. shut it down. So I never did, you know, I never had the same haircut as a player. They shut it down. Um I think thankfully so, but uh that was the only one I've ever tried to get and it was shut down, so I never have. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but hey, that's a cool question. Thank you for that, Jack. I want you know, we have like the best we have like the best audience, man, because they have like They have like the best football questions, but they also have like really cool, like non football tactical, like form and performance questions, too. You know, love it. Love these kind of questions. The Portugal Corner at Portugal underscore corner, the podcast. Check them out. Uh, Check them out on Twitter, subscribe. They're really cool guys and they keep it real, keep it funny, knowledgeable. A really cool Portuguese football podcast. Definitely check them out. They ask how long until Joao Menz is a full time left back. It's an interesting question. We we obviously made our points. So, Jason, when do you think he's going to be the full time left back? Uh,
1: I, I guess we'll see tomorrow what's what's going on. If Sergio yeah. trusts him or not, the puts is playing tomorrow at one Eastern. And if he's in that game, I think that means Sergio has some confidence in him. And if he performs again and puts the win and he doesn't make any errors, I think then that he'll contemplate the starting role. But I think if when Wendell's healthy, I think he's going to be our guy. Yeah. And not suspended. Yeah. Yeah. No, I
0: I agree with that. But it's definitely possible. You never know. Sometimes these young kids just break out and they're like hidden gems. So – um, I still think, yeah, I'm agree with you. I think Wendell's going to be our left back, uh, yeah. should be our left back for now. But who knows if these if these strings of performances continue, then you know why not give him a shot? Yeah. Brian Nev's at underscore underscore Nebs six. What would be your strongest starting eleven, and what would be the first three subs you would make in a tight game? This was a good question. Uh, so. I don't know. I guess it depends on the formation. So, what what formation would you run it with? Um,
1: four three three. So, what do you what do you got? I got Galeno, even Nelson, and Pep Pepe. Or, yep. well, actually, I got Chiku. I got Chiku Chico. in the right wing. Yep. <laughs> and then the middle, I have Pepe, Varela, and Staku. This mm-hmm. way, you have the two holding in the pivot, and then Pepe can be the ten this yep. way we have Teremi on the bench because I just don't think his energy is there even whatever he can have his goal gain his confidence back and Sergio can pat his butt but just not not there for him and then I go Pep center back with um, Cardamu Wendell and Joel Mario I, I think they just exploited him on the day and like I said, I'm still convinced he, there's a nagging nagging injury going on, but even if there isn't, that's just... What happened in that match is not normal, and when we see those types of things, we need to make adjustments in the midfield because he they were, he was, they were constantly overloading that side, and nothing was being done about it. Yeah.
0: On top of that, he's not the best defender either. He's just a very good attacker. So, yeah.
1: But he's I mean, good it's... enough. He, his positioning is very... He's got good positioning, so when... We recognize that that side's getting overloaded. There needs to be help that comes in backup, because he's good yeah. at delaying. Like he, whatever his one v one defending is mediocre as it gets. But at the end of the day, he delays enough, and he like a lot of the times defending, like you don't even win tackles. Like right, you you delay and you wait for support, and then you win the ball. Like it's yep. just applying pressure, and not and he doesn't get easily beat because he's not the slowest guy in the world. But some something was off on the day, and we we just didn't make adjustments. Whether it was a substitution or getting him extra help from the midfield. Yeah.
0: No, well said. Uh, three substitutions. The game is mm. tight. This is an interesting one. So, I mean, given that you have Shiku in your starting lineup, you can't use them. So, yep. I guess I'll jump in on this one. I think I would want Ivan Jaim to come off the bench. Yep. I would go with Teremi to come off the bench if we yeah. need that goal or whatever. I think that would be an option if you know, obviously he's not starting. And then I'll go with Nico Gonzalez in the midfield if you need something different, a little bit more creative and someone that can kind of control the game, win balls in the air defensively. He's kind of got like the complete package. I think those three would be my three. What would you say?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I something I I will say is we need to see more Nico. I think we need to keep him engaged. Um I understand why is starting. I think he's earned it. He scored some big goals. He's been a big player in big moments. But at the end of the day, Nico's a better footballer than Ishtaku. So yeah. I, I think we just need to make sure that he's getting rotated in these games. Even if it's just 20 minutes a game, we need to keep him engaged. Because I think there's going to be a day we need to call upon him and he's going to be a starter. Whether it's an injury, yeah. it's a suspension. It's just, he needs to be fit and ready to go.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think I think like right now, like... I think Ishtaku could probably be a little bit better than him or, like, on par or whatever. But then again, like, the potential, the ceiling that Nico Gonzalez has is just so much higher. He's so much younger. I think Ishtaki was, like, 26, 27, I think. So he's kind of, like, reaching his peak. So yeah. I totally get that. So, but you definitely want to get Nico involved in these games. You don't want a young kid to just, like, not get that experience, not get those reps in because you don't want him to lose confidence. He has to get... This experience in, and it's just not even for that either. You want to have that experience, and because it's a long season, and you need to have depth and players that are that you can rely on throughout this entire season, it's fifty plus games, so
1: very important. He, he, on he's all very those, good on all level. those points. He's very yeah, he's good excellent, and, excellent. And I, to me, I think Istocku he he's a Sergio guy, so Sergio is going to always go to him, which is fine because he's re, he's been reliable. And like I said, he he's scored like big goals. He's His presence has been known. But yeah. I, I think when it comes down to it in the long haul, just Nico is going to give more going forward.
0: Yep. But but What's like,
1: that? I mean, Ostakio was earning his spot at the moment. So I'm not knocking him for being the starter because he, he's earned it 100%. Yeah.
0: João Maia Gonçalves at João Maia Gonçalves. Uh can't wait to listen to you guys. Do you have an opinion about this new 15 year long relation, uh part, partnership between Porto and Legends? Keep up the great work. So the soins portistas. So uh this uh, Legends is like a company that how do how do I explain this? It's their partner they've been partnered with uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid. And they've done like a bunch of tournaments. I think they did like the Rugby World Cup and they did, I think, a Euro, maybe even a FIFA World Cup. And what they do is they kind of like enhance the game day experience for for fans. They might even change the uh, the name of the stadium and just do a bunch of things where, where it will just enhance and make a better experience for fans. And it can, you know, in terms of advertising, just to bring people out. And when they go to the game, it makes the experience so much better that you know people can come back even more. So I have no idea what it's like to be at a Porto game. I don't know what attracts... I know the diehard fans will always go back because it is Porto, but there are just people that want to go to a game and they want to just be around football and just have a great experience. So you, those people are also very important um, that go and see the game. So... I think this is a pretty good uh, deal. What do you think, Jason? I don't know how much you know about this subject.
1: Yeah, no, you sent me the article and I looked into it. But yeah, uh, to me, this is just displaying that Porto wants to keep up with the times because I, I think it's easy to get complacent in Portugal and yep. be old school. But th- things are changing. And I, we're, we're, what they're doing here is just outsourcing the game day experience and basically like modern day sponsorship assets to legends. and And as long as it's a profitable... Like, I, th- I mean, the whole purpose behind this partnership is to bring more money into Porto. And yep. I mean, I the name of a stadium is never a terrible way. We see it in the American way where they just they the stadium becomes named after a sponsor. And that's a sponsorship asset right there. Uh, basically, a gold mine waiting to get tapped. And Porto needs to find more ways to be profitable. Like our finances are not in the greatest shape. So we, we need yep. to get with the times. We need to shape up and get those finances in order. So why not start there? bring in yeah. more re- revenue, uh, get a better game day experience. Let's, let's keep up to date with that. Let's get with the young crowd. Let's make sure our fans are happy. And like, it, we can't, I mean, I know we're, we're watching from afar, but these people, this is their, this is their home. Let's, it, the game's gotta be fun for them.
0: Right. Yeah. Well said. I mean, I think this is just going to benefit us just, you know, just not like on the pitch, but just financially wise and, uh commercially wise branding ourselves and you know attract this this is what bigger clubs do i mean look at the the names that they're associated with barcelona real madrid you want to attract people um to come to the game especially people that are on holidays or or people that aren't like really into football but they want to go they want to have a great experience because the diehard portiches will always go but you want to attract as much as you can. And that can only help the club, the the club grow.
1: Yeah. I have to keep up with the times.
0: That's it. Keeping up with the times. That's like the, you know, that's the thing, you know, uh, (laughs) that this club really, that, that should be put obviously in Portuguese. Um, all over the Shatidu Dragao and the Dragao and everywhere. Just keep up with the times. You gotta maintain it. We I can't mean, go we, stale like we have been. <laughs> we
1: we fell behind in the player market, so that's one example yeah. of us not keeping up with the times. And the, yeah. we're behind there. I definitely,
0: there. <laughs> I definitely yeah. like this move. So yes, you know, credit to whoever. I guess I'm assuming it's the the SAD that made this deal happen. So credit to them it's you know their minds are in the right place Matt's at Matts attack 9 where's the best place in Porto to buy shirts and other merchandise as a player what would you rather do in the last minute of a classic who assist uh, a winning goal or block a certain winner slash equalizers off the line um, so the first part of the question I don't know if you can answer that Jason but our friend CDB at cd barros i can answer that first one for you villa do de Porto fashion outlet just north of Porto, has the best loja azul i have been to they ha- they even have the new vintage kits with Revi- uh, revigres logos and all kinds of accessories well, thank you for your input there i don't know jason you've been uh you've been recently to Porto. did you get any yeah. merch yeah i did uh, at the stadium
1: i mean the stadium has what they're currently yeah. using so that's a good one if you're in portugal I mean, if you're in the Boston area, you go to We Got Soccer. They typically have it. If anything, I'd call Prior because I know New Balance is having some issues this year. But uh, aside from that, it's that, and maybe you could just go to the Porto app or website too. Yeah, I mean,
0: all are good options, man. As as long as they're uh, they're selling Porto merch, it's all good. It's always a good spot. <laughs> So, second part of the question: Would you rather assist a winning goal or block a certain winner slash equalizer off the line? I mean, I've been a goalkeeper my entire life. Uh, I mean, there's always that possibility that Dukovkash the like uh, assist could happen. That's pretty epic. But a nice game-winning save on the line, or just like robbing a blatant goal opportunity. That's pretty sweet. And even as a defender, just a goal clearing defense on the line to like just like secure a big win. That's amazing too. So I'm going to go with the defensive part. I've always been a defensive style player in all the sports that I played. I think it's very underrated, it's very underappreciated. But when you have a big moment like that, it's always memorable. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh, to me I'm I'm defensive minded and I play defense so I would love to just have a goal line clearance and just get jacked up uh, I, celebrating like I just scored a goal
0: yeah 100% ACM 87 at FCP 87 what is the issue with Porto and set plays we seem to never score on free kicks and corners is it the takers who would you have taken who would you have taken them I think we had a question similar uh, similar to this a few weeks ago. Yeah. I I mean, we have like Wendell taking free kicks and corners and it's, it will stock you. I honestly don't even know who's good at it to be honest for, I mean, not just for corners, but, uh, free kicks. Like we, we used to have Alex Stells and even Fabio Vieira, who didn't really score too many free kicks, but he never really played as much, but the way that ball came off his foot was like, it was beautiful. We had quite a few... Uh, even Sergio Oliveira was pretty good at free kicks. I mean, he scored that yep. bomb against Juventus. Yeah. So,
1: we don't really have much of that anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's the takers at the moment. We just don't have the quality on the ball.
0: Dude, huh. <laughs> this this just came to my head. If Bruno Costa was on our team, he would be our best free kick taker. That's how bad yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, it's bad right now. Uh, I mean, I can't think of any... I, I would... Yeah, I would probably say like Oshtagiu. I feel like Alan Varela looks like a guy that can take free kicks, but not too many number sixes can. But yeah, I don't know. He just look. There's something about the way the ball comes off his foot too that he could just kind of place them. I don't know, but it's just so bad that we. I I have no idea who to put up there or who's really reliable for that for that you know for that role. I don't know, but. <laughs> Last question comes from Vasco Funch at Only Funch. Would a new and better left back improve the team's ability to score more goals? I mean, yeah. I, I mean.
1: I don't think this is the issue. I wouldn't even. For us to score goals, I wouldn't even worry about our left back. Let them do their job defending and let's get a, a striker that scores goals.
0: I think I think Vashka has some nostalgia with Alex (laughs) Telsh. That guy assists and goals and free kicks. You know, he could take corner kicks too. And yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was a great player. You you don't come across players like that like so so dominant on the attacking end. He was basically a winger out there just playing left back. He was incredible to watch, but I, I totally get it. I mean, it is a position that needs to be filled in the long run, but I think for this season, especially if um, uh, Joel Mensch plays pretty good and we have that uh, some sort of rotation between him and Wendell, I think we can get by for this season. Uh, I think getting another center back is definitely the priority. In January, if we make any signing, it should be a center back just to kind of... You know, just beef up and add more depth to the center backs because if Pep goes down because he's not going to be playing all the time, you have to rely on Fabio Cardozo, who shouldn't be starting every game, and David Carmo, and then you might use Zepedro. So I think adding one more center back that's somewhat experienced is probably the most important
1: position. I don't know. Am I wrong for saying that? Yeah, I think we need to look there. For sure, and an attacking midfielder. when we need those two positions, but I'm yeah. not convinced. There's gonna to be too much movement and the transfer market. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, we sell Taremi. <clears throat>
0: yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know if that's gonna happen, man. I, I think teams are just gonna wait until. Yeah, I would until the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, at I this point, mind. it's just I wouldn't mind taking some money for it. I'm like, if it's 10 million, but. I mean, if we're just gonna sell him for five million, I think it's just better off we just keep him nope. in case of something. Him. Yeah, you want him out? Right. <laughs> out? Just
1: he's just he's taking up space on our team. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I kind of <laughs> get it, but I, I don't know. It's been
1: a frustrating season
0: for me. I think it's like harder for me to admit that he hasn't been great, and he hasn't been great. I know he hasn't yeah. been great, but yeah. uh, I think it's hard for me to just like give up on him. I don't want to give up on him because. He's. I still believe on his day, he's very good. He mentally can be the best. He he packed his bags already.
1: That's the problem. So it doesn't matter. Even if he's good, it's just not coming back for the season. He checked. His plane's already taken off.
0: Yeah, I get it. He's not here with us. You're you're probably right on that one.
1: I don't knock him because I I think we should have sold him at the beginning of the season. So like, I love the guy, but uh, it's just been a. This is not a good way to go out.
0: Yeah, Uh, I guess it's time to go. I guess, yep. I don't know. We we'll, we shall see. Anyway, Jason, that's pretty much it for this episode. Any last words before I wrap things up?
1: Let's get the victory and uh tomorrow in Champions League. Let's let's go through. We we need to go through. We need the money. Uh we need the pride. Need the money. <laughs> we need the pride. We need, we just need to we need to win. Let's keep winning, yeah. guys. Let's uh let's make it a little bit prettier, but I mean it could still be ugly, but just give me those results please. Like like I said yes. I'll take the 3-0 victory versus Milical. Just give me results.
0: Tomorrow is redemption day. We play Isturil da Praia. Let's get some revenge yeah. on them for the Tasa de Liga. Then we play them again for Tasa de Portugal too. That's that's our next opponent for the round of 16, yeah. but um after that we play against Casa Pia on Saturday of and then after that, we play Shakhtar next Wednesday on the 13th. And then five days later, we play against Sparting on a Monday. And I think we're going to have uh, some special guests from a Sparting podcast uh, come on our show. And maybe we'll have a two-on-two or whatnot. We'll, we'll make it special, for sure. <laughs> they're good guys. The um, All Things Alvalad podcast. They're really, really good guys. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah. That's pretty much it for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. Follow us on Twitter at ENG, on Instagram, PortoPodENG on Facebook, the Porto Podcast in English. And if you like the show, subscribe. Hit the five stars, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify or whatever podcast platform if you listen to us on, leave a review. It really helps us grow. And we will see you all